Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? So, uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> right? It's been a minute. I'm sorry about that. Let me take my glasses off. Getting my dreamy Pisces sleepy bag. I have some water here. I got some other tings to smoke. We chilling. We in New York tonight. Oh, so, so much to talk about. And so where does one start? Well, first of all, welcome back. Set the mood. If you're in a brightly lit environment, I don't know. You might want to turn the lights down. Turn them off like I'm doing right now. You might want to light that joint. Sip that tea. Here we are. So much to talk about. (laughs) I'm overwhelmed, actually. I think I'll start with a story because that seems to serve me well. The part of me that tells stories knows where it's going. My conscious mind has no idea. So let's just go with what we know, yeah? Excuse me, I'll try to do that less. Okay, let's go with what we know. So, a long time ago, when I was about seven years old, a guy came to our Catholic school and he said he was from a company that would take you after school, after school every day uh, for a few hours. I think he might have said four and teach you how to play the piano really, really well. And it was like a contract for like a year. It's pretty pricey. I was really into it, really wanted to do it. And so I basically talked my parents into having the guy come over. He was like, I don't know, probably in his 60s, white adult male. So he comes over with this binder and he keeps reinforcing to my parents that I will not be able to be communicated with and that a big part of it is to have the daily discipline of it and not to be distracted and that... Uh, For some kids, it becomes just as important as school and that it was a whole other sort of lifestyle and the children become a bit uh, perhaps removed from their friends in their normal school because they become uh, more attached to the people at their piano school, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm a little kid. I'm just sitting there going, okay, 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 okay. Let's sign these papers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I want this. I want this. I want this. And uh, looking back on it now, I can recognize that there was terror in my dad's eyes because he knew. 
I think he knew exactly what was up, but he also knew that I really wanted it. And he never says no to me. So I can see now how this was a quite a quandary. So he goes around with this binder at the end of it all. It took hours because my dad just kept sitting there quietly. And then he'd say after his long speech, one of many long speeches, he'd say, so are you ready, Mr. Khan? Are you ready to sign on it? And my dad would just shake his head and say no. And then he would go on again. And then finally, he tried by having me signing first. So I said, well, Amber, <clears throat> they don't seem to be listening and you really want to do this. So how about you sign and then they'll sign. <laughs> and I remember he put the binder in front of me. And I had the pen in my hand. And the guy came and stood behind me. And when he came and stood behind me, just for a moment, just for less than a millisecond, I looked up and I caught my dad's eye when he came and stood behind me. And my dad immediately stood up and told the guy to get the fuck out of the house. Why do I start there? Well, that guy was part of a Catholic school program that was teaching kids how to play the piano. Excuse me. And... uh, Of course, being in a Catholic school, that's where they would go to recruit customers or however you want to see it. You know, it was was an expensive thing, but to recruit their clientele or whatever. Um, And uh, looking back on it, being so young, if you think about the things that he was suggesting, uh, it seems really suspicious. Now, that's not really the point. Whatever he was doing or not doing is not the point at all. And I'm sure you know that. The point is that my parent was so in tune with me that for that one-tenth of a second that something felt wrong, I looked at my dad and he was right there and he was on it and it was like already taken care of before I could even like uh, process what I had felt. I just got a vibe. I looked at my dad. I caught his eye for less than a second. I swear. Like it was not even a nanosecond. It was just a, it was just a moment where I looked him in the eye and he exploded and was like, take your shit and get the fuck out of here before I kill you. And I think we both knew. I think he got close enough to me that I read his vibe and his intention when he came and stood behind me. And I think my dad read me and of course implicitly trust me so even at that young of an age um that it was like immediately sorted right now that story is in no way to blame anyone else who has not picked up on their child getting a weird vibe for from someone or god forbid being you know wrongly touched or anything by someone that doesn't make you a bad parent but we really got to take a second to examine where bad parents start 
yes, I'm going to talk about the Chloe Tristan thing. Yes, yes. Because if you think all this shit ain't related, you stupid. Sorry, but of course we have to talk about it. We're going to talk about where bad parenting starts on an energetic level and where it can ultimately end. And it's all playing out right now in a very linear timeline right in front of you. So it should be really fucking easy to read. So let's start with, um, no, actually, let's work backwards a little bit because that's how everything is being processed with us right now. We're working backwards. So let's work backwards. The major sentiment after the Finding Neverland stuff, after the R. Kelly stuff is, what the fuck is up with these parents after abducted in plain sight, especially even though I feel like that documentary is ultimately groundbreaking because I don't think we had the vocabulary really to understand or articulate what grooming is until that happened. You have to see such an extreme example of it at work to be like, fuck, that's okay. Okay, now we know how to... You know, because if you've never been in contact with it, how the fuck would you even begin to understand? I mean, Nabokov wrote about it in Lolita, but we'll get into that as well. So, (sighs) we're of this like collective sentiment right now of how the fuck did these parents let this shit happen, right? Well, I don't think we can find any answers from those like 70 plus year old parents now or however fucking long it's been. Or 60-something, whatever the fuck they are. I don't think that's where the answers are. Because those people are a product of whatever they've been thinking their whole lives that got them where they are. Right? So they, they obviously are completely oblivious to what the fuck is going on in their own life. That's why they are where they are. So, th- so we can't learn anything from them. Which is why there's such a dissatisfaction you know, a lack of that, you know, wonderful feeling of being completely satisfied that you have when you watch something really good. That's why those documentaries lack that. Because there is no insight. Like there is no point where you can look at that parent or the parent says something that makes you go, huh, none of those parents have said the things they need to say. Sure, they're like, oh my God, I'm horrified. Oh my God, I should have known better. Oh my God, I should have done something. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all know that. Which is why it leaves you with such a bad taste in your mouth. Because you're like, what, what did we learn from this? Like, so moving forward, that's it. People just get to like 30 years later and be like, damn, should have paid more attention. What? No, that can't possibly be the moral of the story with something this complex. But that's what they try to, um, you know, tie up all the loose ends with. And it's frustrating and it's annoying. Um, and, and I think that any great work, be it a documentary or anything else... Uh, should, you know, pay attention to basic structure. Like the conclusion can't just be like, huh, shrugs, oops, I spend more time picking out my different tricolored hair dye than I did watching my kid when he was seven. Oops. You know, like that's not really flying with me. I'm, I'm, I'm left unhappy with this, right? So I started thinking about it. Now at the same time, you have all this fucking nonsense going on with the, you know, the clingy baby mama, pathetic, no self-esteem by a baby mama from hell um, and her and her fucking situation. You know, at the same time, this is playing out. Now, as far as the whole Jordan Woods thing and the racism thing, let's just leave that to the side for a second, even though how you could, I don't know. But the media is doing a really good job of reiterating that it's just not about race. Like I don't actually someone said that to my face the other day. 
So I was like, I don't understand how this is about her being black. And I was like, that's because you think you're white. <laughs> uh, next. <clears throat> like, you, you can't you can't have a person of color involved in something and have it not be about their color. Hey, we didn't make these rules. <laughs> you can't be mad about the rules you made. <laughs> You know, if you keep making people's race super important, they're going to start making it super important because you keep leaving them out. You keep excluding them. And when you exclude people, you know, it's like that group of weirdos in high school. They're all weird and then they're weird together. And by senior year, you really don't want to fuck with them because they've been weird together for four years. (laughs) And it's probably gotten really weird. You know, I was in that weird clique and also in the, I was in all of the cliques. It's so strange. My nickname in high school was Uniclick. Because I was down with all the cliques. I hung out with everyone. I just didn't, like never understood like clicky behavior. Like it's so boring to me. It's like eating one flavor of ice cream. I couldn't just have like the, f- like the same four friends. You know, I would fucking go nuts. I don't, I don't even know what I would like talk to them about. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not, that's not normal. You got to be like a well-rounded individual. You got to like talk to different people, dude. Um, and they don't all have, you know, newsflash. They don't all have to be your fucking friends either. Um, anyway, you can talk to people and learn things from people without wanting to fuck them or become friends with them or, you know, turn into like a needy something. I, I don't know. You don't have to do any of that. You really don't. Um, just a thought, just a thought. How about we take a break and drink something? Because I've noticed that sometimes when I get worked up, it's because I need water. Yeah, I'm criticizing myself before anyone else does it. Because I don't hear nobody say, you sound like you need a water. Ugh. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Now, the question is, do I drink the structured water? Or do I wait for the Arc Crystal to get here? Shout out Nassim Harame and Arc Crystals for sending me an Arc Crystal. I don't even know how to begin to talk about this yet. But the fact that like I'm getting one is I'm so tripped out that I've cried about it several times. Like for anyone who follows Nassim Haraway, which is probably all of you by now and have watched the eight hour lecture and gotten really into the stuff and know about the Ark of the Covenant stuff, then you know what the Ark Crystal is and and you know how insane it is that I will have one and be wearing one, inshallah, as of tomorrow. Like it's crazy. Like my broken rib hurts or my almost mended broke uh, mended on the mend rib hurts anyway so 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 getting back to the point let's drink something please because as you can tell it sounds like i need some water um yo you know what's so funny to me i was saying this to a friend of mine the other day he said something he was like you know then it was her birthday and and i was like wait wait wait, go back he's like what (laughs) i was like yo the way punjabi guys say birthday is so funny he goes what and i was like yo just say birthday for me he goes so I was like, okay, okay, just tell the story. Because he was getting mad self-conscious. I was like, okay, fine, go ahead, go ahead, just tell the story. He goes, yeah, so like, you know, it was her birthday. <laughs> Not her birthday. <laughs> if that ain't the most Punjabi shit, her birthday. <clears throat> I can't open this water bottle. What the fuck? Shout out Core Water, which I have no affiliation to, but their water is amazing. 
And it's fluoride-free and the plastic's BPA-free. And yay. Recycle responsibly, please. All right. So getting back to it. This whole fucking nonsense. Let's leave the race thing to the side, even though I don't know how you can. I don't. I don't know how you can. I think it's really irresponsible to keep that particular narrative alive in this country, especially. That whole, it's not about race. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. If it involves people of color. Hey, 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 newsflash. Even if it doesn't. Even if it doesn't. It still does. Y'all made it about race, right? Right? This wasn't about race until slavery. Before slavery, you were from where you were from. Sure, there was colorism, but not racism. This whole white-black thing started racism, right? Slavery. So once you set the fucking lines on the field then you can't get mad when every time you move, we're like, hey, look at the lines on the field. You put the lines there. There are no issues where race doesn't matter in America. I hate to like fucking be the one to break that to you. But if you're one of those people who's like, but this isn't about race. This is just about like gossip or whatever. Get, (sighs) please just stop. Like you're, (laughs) Please just stop being stupid. <laughs> like, I don't know how to say it. Please stop being a stupid girl or like a stupid guy. Like, t- just stop being like a little kid. Stop being stupid. Like, it's, 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 um, it's not cute. It's vicious. I'm just keeping it real with you. It's vicious to be that dumb. Stop being so socially irresponsible. Everything about this country is about race. For better or for worse. Definitely for worse. But depending on where you fall on this, right, if you like the idea of a bunch of people who never did nothing to you being forced to come over here and do all your fucking work for you and literally having graveyards full of people where the ligament is torn off the bone because they worked themselves to death. If, if, if you can look at that as a positive, maybe race doesn't matter to you. But if you see slavery and the ensuing reconstruction and everything that happened after that, civil rights from Jim Crow, civil rights, everything, if you can see that as a horrendous, you know, terroristic reign, then, yeah, you can probably easily see how everything is ultimately about race now. Not that, not that, that's what we have to pick sides because of. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying that if you don't acknowledge it, you're obviously picking a side. If you don't acknowledge with something as stupid as the Kardashians and Jordan Woods, if you don't acknowledge that race plays a fucking factor, you're insisting on keeping your head in the sand. How can one of the richest, most powerful white identifies as white? Don't give me this fucking bullshit about where they're from. On their show, when they talk about themselves, they call themselves white women. So I'm just going off of what they call themselves, which is what I'm assuming they identify as. Okay? And the other two little ones are completely white. So whatever. They call themselves white. That's what I'm going to call them. You cannot look at a situation where a group of white women, very, very powerful, let's call them LA's mean girls or Hollywood's mean girls, not even Hollywood, LA's mean girls. You can't look at that 
against one person on their own who happens to be a woman of color who who they have played out the narrative with that has happened over and over again with people of color, which is where they are fetishized either for their looks, for their culture, for their swag, for their connects, for their credibility, whatever, whatever, for the gravity they will bring to the presence of the other. And then when seen as in any way a competition or a threat, cast out. Because I still maintain that even if Jordan's been fucking him for a month, two months, six months, what's the problem exactly? Everybody's fucking him. No, seriously, what's the fucking problem? Why, why are you mad? And let's get to it. So that's what we really want to talk about. We want to talk about good parenting and bad parenting, ultimately. But this is how this shit starts. So why did all this happen? And I think we're all pretty clear on this. I don't think we need to get too deep with it. But we all know that this only happened because Chloe's been keeping someone who's basically not ready to be in any sort of a committed relationship. She's insisting on having that person around. She's insisting on having him around her family, her family's friends, and extended family, whatever. Whoever the fuck they hang out with, which it looks like are not a lot of people, which is very telling. And the people they do tend to hang out with, every single one of them is doing the same clout chasing, clout chasing maneuver, getting the same surgery. So, like, ultimately it looks, they have, looks like they have no friends, but they don't need them because they're family, quote-unquote. I think this is the whole allure of the show is like look how obnoxious we are we don't even need anybody else right could be it could be it um so this thing of using somebody up and then discarding them but discarding them in a way where they are silently kind of pushed into the background You know, they're just noticing that they're not getting any phone calls. They're not getting any work. They're not getting into certain places. They're not hearing from people. They're not, you know, their money is drying up. All this stuff. If that isn't looked at through the lens of race and color, are you really even seeing it? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you're trying to tell me in a post-slavery America 2019 that there's a problem that four or five white women have a problem with a black woman hooking up with a black man. A black man that we know was unattached. A black man that, sure, should have followed some sort of code. A black woman that, sure, should have followed some... I don't know what code Jordan is expected to follow in relation to Chloe. Chloe ain't never liked Jordan. Jordan ain't never liked Chloe. That's been obvious for seasons. So I don't even know what the problem is. I wouldn't be surprised or mad at her if she did it just to fuck with Chloe. Why not? Bitch, fuck you. Why not? What's the problem? See? That's where it becomes about race. Because ultimately you're going to run into the problem. What's the problem? There is no problem. So what's really the problem? You know what the fucking real problem is. Don't play stupid. The problem is she pretty and she black. And Chloe feels disrespected on a whole other level. Because Jordan's black. Yes. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. And you know it. And you fucking know it. And you know it. You know, because she she doesn't have much to stand on. You know, she really she's working with so little that her the color of her skin is really the only thing she's like really got. You know, and Jordan's the kind of pretty that even people who are racist as fuck 
would would fall all over her. You know those douchebag guys who have like a fucking confederate flag in their truck but would still like want to fuck every pretty black girl they saw that kind of guy and i think what i'm getting at here is that the kardashians are that kind of guy they're just women instead of that douchey plantation owner that wanted to like you know rape all his slaves and fetishize them all because they looked so so different from the British woman that they were married to, right? Instead of doing that, they're doing the other thing that was very prevalent at the time. The other thing that was very prevalent at the time was white women um, fetishizing black slave men and then, you know, basically like having their their way with them. And when they would get caught, they would say that they were raped. Um, and, and the man would get killed in many, many gruesome ways. And this, of course, is what Candyman the movie is about. And it's a horrifying movie. So if you don't like scary movies, don't watch it. I saw it in high school and uh, didn't sleep well for <laughs> the better part of a year, I think. Um, but it's if you can handle scary movies, it's really worth watching because it's a really good film. And there's a lot of Cabrini Green in there. There's a lot of like the projects in there. And it's, it, it's important. It's socially important. But yeah, so that movie on many lay- layers is profound. And one of them being that Candyman, this this horrific, you know, monster figure that appears if you say his name a bunch of times, um he has all the markings and all the bruisings and the burnings and all the things, the horrific things that they used to do to slave men if they were caught sleeping with white women because no matter what situation they were caught in, it was always rape. That's the other interesting thing. So we're directly coming out of a culture where for hundreds of years, no matter what sort of consent was there or not, it was rape if they were caught. Right? (laughs) right so we go from that to I think it was Lana Turner slipping a key in Muhammad Ali's pocket and saying hey champ when they were in the same hotel in the elevator she slips the key in his pocket and says hey champ why don't you come and see uh, up and see me later and uh, he puts the key back in her hand and says Miss, I I was raised in the South and my mama taught me never to be alone with a white woman because if you are, she'll say he raped you. She'll say that you raped her. And uh, everybody got real quiet and he got off the elevator. So, that gives you a pretty good indication <laughs> of socially where we're coming out of. So you're telling me just based on optics alone, forget all the other fetishizing that this woman has done in her life when she talks about black men, which is fucking disgusting, the things that she says and the way she says them. She talks about it like it's a fucking sex doll or a piece of furniture or fucking beef jerky or something. Like the woman is on so many levels so fucking gross and disrespectful just to like human beings. 
The little kid surrounded by the bags. Just one more fucking accessory, right? Like, do you even know how fucking stupid and tone deaf you are? The entire fucking family is completely culturally and racially tone deaf because they've been raised in this small fucking bubble of privilege. And finally, after years and years and years of worshipping this vapid, vacuous, completely sinister, empty to the point of being sinister, right? This completely vacant lack of like any sort of social conscience, uh, that finally starts to peek through here and there. And I think really this is the first real tear in the curtain so you can see what the fuck is going on behind this. I think, I really do. I really think Jordan is the first real look at what at, at, at what has been going on the whole time and we have known and we have chosen to ignore it just like we choose to ignore it in American society as a whole. Yes, yes, I do believe that. I do believe that things, they're sins that we overlook when they radically fetishize black men. I think that we overlook that because we as a nation have been programmed to do that. And people who are, uh, let's say, quote unquote, native, um, you know, uh, to the to the Mayflower and beyond, quote unquote, Americans, they have also been programmed. Those families have also been, the whitest of the whitest of the white families in this country have been programmed to fetishize black men. Of course, nobody told you vitamin, vitamin C deprived, fucking rainy, cloudy weather, no vitamin D to be seen anywhere, dwelling people, forest and cave dwelling fucking people. Nobody told y'all with Neanderthal genes, for God's sake, nobody told y'all to go to Africa, Africa, the coast of Africa. So the water and the, the sunshine and the fish and the fruit and the everything. You went to, uh, you, oh God, <laughs> you vitamin C and D and B deprived people <laughs> went to the coast of Africa and picked up uh, not even, I'm sorry, picked up, ensnared, and enslaved, and abducted people who've had the sand, the sand, and the sea, and the land, and the trees, and the sun, and everything for countless generations, of course you're going to fetishize them. You think it's a fucking coincidence that black culture is American culture? You can't bring people who have just been exposed to much, much superior geographical conditions. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, yeah. I hate to break it to you, but if you have dark skin, it's because your genetics were exposed to superior physical conditions, superior natural conditions. Your body got more sunlight, dog. Your genes come from people who were out in the sun more. That's good. <laughs> living in caves and not having fruit and sunlight is bad neanderthals were very aggressive and combative and fucking violent 
because they were all kinds of fucking deficient. You know, vitamin D deficiency, not seeing the sun is a large, uh, largely attributed and, and linked to um, schizophrenia. Yeah, you kind of start to go nuts a little bit if you're deprived of stuff that essential. So you're like working off of that and you decide that the best idea in the world, not thinking it through at all, anyone who had thought that through the first generation would have been like, you guys, you guys, wait. This, like existentially, just follow me for a second down this road. This might be a mistake. Like this might be an existential threat to our survival on this new continent don't you think this obviously far physically superior race will fucking like wipe us out what are we doing and what did they count on what did they count on even though they could visibly see and just observe over time that this completely different genetic line was very, very, very strong, in many ways obviously superior, what did they conceive to keep those people in check and actually keep them enslaved? And I think this is what Kanye was trying to get to, but he's so jacked up on like, meds and then not meds and then having to be around completely like vacant people that like, he's just like, he's... um. You know, when you're married to someone that dumb, like that vacant, um, you're as a Gemini, what you're doing is you're like yelling into an echo chamber and all you're going to hear is yourself echoing back and you'll start to fucking go nuts. Like, isn't that a thing? Like if someone plays your own voice back to you, like with like a one second delay, you start to like go crazy. It's like that. That's I honestly feel as a Gemini that that's what he's doing. He's like shouting out into the void because he needs feedback. We need people to bounce our ideas off of. But he's in like this echo chamber because the person he's bouncing his ideas off of, there's fucking nobody home. It's hollow in there. So just like the idea bounces off and comes back to him like, that's a cool idea, Kanye. You know, and and he's like, dope. Okay, let me go do this. Like, and externally, it looks nuts. I think, but what he, so, so when he said it and the way he said it, it sounded nuts, right? But here's the thing. I think this is what he meant. I don't think that it was physically possible at the time to physically enslave that many people. And, and, and if I'm wrong, that's fine. I know for a fact that the British controlled India with like a fraction of a fraction of, a population, a military population. Like the famous quote of the the British occupation of India for like 500 years or some shit is that if all the Indians had just stand up and pissed at the same time, the British would have drowned. <laughs> you know, like that's how few of them there were. How were they able to control such a large population for so long? So maybe in America, it's vastly different. Physically, everyone could be contained like that, but I don't think so. Because so much of plantation life and so much of the way they separated the slaves and having the, you know, the ones in the house and having the ones that were, you know, bossing everyone around outside the house, the way that was set up, it tells you that they needed more than just shackles to bind people. And this is what I think Kanye was getting at. This is what he was trying to say. He was trying to say that you, yes, of course, slavery is, of course, not a choice, 
Of course, slavery is not a choice. By definition, it's not a choice. That's why he said it. Because, like, obviously, the word itself implies that it's not a choice. The the definition of slavery implies that it's not a choice, right? So that's what he was playing off of. He's just being hella clever, but, like, his timing and his delivery and everything is off because he's a fucking asshole and he's stuck in a horrible, horrible, horrible situation, right? So, like, whatever. But it's his own doing. Whatever. He'll learn from it. He'll be fine. Um, The point is, I think what he meant is that slavery took a lot more than just shackles there was an entire mindset that you had to get the people into to get them to not take over and just burn the fucking house down (laughs) right i think that's what he meant and i think part of that of course we know is the punishable by death reading and writing thing which if you think about it like I'm still not off that shit because you know how much I love to read and how much I love to write. Like, I'm still not off that shit. There are times when I think about that and it makes me like shudder. Like, what what kind of person? What kind of person would disallow another human being the right to just be able to read? Like, that's, that's how you know how terrified they ultimately were, were of this being a mental slavery. Because if it wasn't about mental slavery, reading and writing wouldn't have been an issue. Right? So, Redley and I the other day were talking about how the difference between Louisiana and up north, the thing that makes the two places so vastly different, that dense culture that they have down there, has everything to do with the differences in slave law between the French and the British. So the British were very clear, uh, the pilgrims, I guess you could call them, were very clear that there was to be no singing, no drumming, no speaking of a native tongue, no braids, no hair, no, you know, nothing. And it was all to eradicate the culture and in the place of the songs, the chants, the dancing, the drumming, they were given a small chapel on the plantation field. Just imagine the wickedness of it, uh, where they could, if they had the urge, go and exercise those spiritual needs by reading from a Bible about a white god who was going to save them. Cool. Cool, cool. How horrific really is it if you look at it from the eyes of a slave to walk in, you know, to, to be in the situation that you're in and then walk into what has been afforded to you as the only spiritual outlet. And what you have to contend with in this spiritual outlet is that the person who you owe everything to And the person who's done everything for you and will always do everything for you looks like the white man who's whipping everyone around you to death, basically. And if you think that's an exaggeration, then you must realize that every slave woman was expected to have 10 to 15 kids starting at the age of 13 or so. And the reason they were expected to have so many children was because... Slaves died so much. And then we turn around just a few 
hundred years later, not even in some cases, and we create stereotypes like the project mom who has eight kids. I mean, when I say that we are socially irresponsible, I mean it to a level of disgusting. We are villainous as a society. People who say things like, slavery ended a long time ago, or everyone can be racist. (laughs) Really, like, they don't think about things like that. They don't think about things like that very persistent, you know, stereotypical mom in the hood with lots and lots of kids. They will never make the connection, the direct correlation between that and a population whose epigenetics you have groomed and trained over the period of 500 years to behave in a certain way. We know too much scientifically for us to keep pulling the fucking wool over our eyes and acting like we don't fucking see what's going on and blaming a completely blameless population for the shit that that we collectively now socially continue to do. Like if you have these stereotypical hangups about people of color, you are a hundred percent, you have been trained to think those things as part of a larger institutionalized racism that works not even in your advantage. Not even in your advantage because ultimately it's only to the advantage of a very few. Anyway. (laughs) So, here's this fucking... Needy fucking bitch. Oh, let's drink something. Oh my God. This fucking girl is so... Now I'm about to get in my petty bag. This fucking girl is such a disgrace. Well, hold on. Let me drink something. Why did I just get water all over my face? Let's smoke something, yeah? Smoke something, bro. I'm realizing, yeah, when I get like, you know, like in my bag and start like getting worked up, I really am thirsty. I think my body gets mad when I'm thirsty. How funny. All right, let's smoke. So this fucking, uh, this bitch, what's wrong with it? Actually, I know exactly what's wrong with it. That's what we're going to talk about. So, this bitch who likes to say shit, remember, let's, let's, hold on, let's not forget, let's not forget that this same bitch is the one that came for Amber Rose, yes, hold on, I'm gonna drink something, Mm mm-hmm, yes, let's not forget, this same bitch came for Amber Rose when she said something about how it was foul as fuck, that Tyga had left his baby moms without saying shit to her, explaining nothing to her, and just kind of went across the street and was like, oh, I'm fucking this 16-year-old now. Let's remember that when Amber Rose called him out, rightfully, wasn't even petty about it, was just being very factual, like, I don't understand what the fuck he's doing. This fucking bitch, this same fucking bitch, opened her mouth and was talking about how Amber Rose was basically trash for being a stripper at 15. And Amber Rose's comeback was amazing because she was like, yeah, I had to. What was your sister's excuse for taking all that dick on camera? 
Like, y'all grew up in Calabasas, rich as fuck. Who's more fucked up here? Me and my single mom that did what we had to do? Right? (laughs) Like, she was like, bitch, I was a dancer at 15 because I had no other choice. Who wants to be a dancer at 15? What the fuck is wrong with you? How you even say that? What the fuck is your sister's excuse? What's y'all excuse? Y'all all hoes. What's your excuse? So this is the same bitch who, who really is so fucking tone deaf that before she said that, she didn't think about the societal implications, financial implications, racial implications of what she was saying. No, she didn't even occur to her that she was talking to a black woman about growing up in the hood or what Amber Rose's backstory is, which is very easy to find out. We all have Google. She didn't think about any of that. You know why? Because she doesn't think she has to. And the reason she doesn't think she has to is the same reason she's so fucked up about what Jordan did or didn't do. It's the same reason. You know why she doesn't think she has to? Because she doesn't think she has to do anything because she's white. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hey, hey, don't get mad at me for telling you the fucking truth. Don't get mad at me. I didn't. Listen, you listen. I'm at the point where if you identify as a white person, I'm already kind of looking at you funny. I'm at the point where if you're not like, yeah, I'm American. My parents like two generations back came from like wherever or like, yeah, my parents came here on the Mayflower or whatever. Or like, yeah, my parents came here from like Mexico like four generations ago or like whatever. If you're not giving me something, if you're not giving me something and you're just like, I'm a white person, I'm white, uh, you know, and white people and I'm just I'm already kind of like like like. This is a this is a false construct that gives you power. Why are you? I'm already kind of off it, to be honest. Really, I'm off it. I'm off the whole term. I'm off the whole term. I don't really. I'm just, you know, because 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 for me now I'm at the point where that term specifically applies to people who really still believe in that construct. And if you really still believe in that construct, then I think it's okay to apply it to you. And I, I think that's okay for, for that group to be qualified as, as a negative. I'm really okay with people just being like, you know, I'm American. You know, I'm an American. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a problem with black people calling themselves black or brown or whatever else. But I feel like the term white should be retired. Because... because Slavery created the term white, right? Slavery also created the term black. But you don't get to tell people that you enslave what they can and cannot do. That's the whole point of emancipation, right? <laughs> you, you, you can stop doing that, right? You get to stop telling other people what to do with their bodies and their lives. So you can't tell them what to stop calling themselves. But if you're sitting at the top of a power structure where the more you identify with this word, the more power you get, I would just think disassociating yourself from the word would be a start. Like, I'm really down with white people who are like, yeah, you know, like, my family's, like, Irish way back. And, like, I guess we came to America during the potato famine. Like, whatever. Like, whatever your story is, bro. Like, tell me your story. I'm into it. Or if you're just like, yeah, I'm a white, uh, I'm, a, I'm an American person. For, I'm from Indiana or whatever. But as soon as you're like, I'm a white person from Indiana, I'm already getting to the point where the climate is so charged that I'm starting, like, to be like, uh. Like, someone the other day around me was like, well, I know you don't really like white people. And I was like what (laughs) and why are you saying that like you're white you're not even white like I don't get it like uh, because see this is this is where it gets tricky so now you have a bunch of people 
who I guess that term didn't even used to apply to because they weren't part of that original slavery structure that call themselves white. You have people from South America. You have people from different parts of even, you know, Asia and Eurasia. It's weird. It's weird. And of course, of course they want to identify with it because it's the top of the fucking power structure. Of course, there are going to be people from all kinds of different races who are going to try to pass. That's why I think the whole term is toxic. I really do. I think it's a toxic term. Maybe I'm way ahead of the curve. Like, and if you're offended by the, by the, notion that I would think it's toxic just look at the origins of it like it's okay to be where you're from you know you don't have to pretend to be from a place that you're not from nobody's from America except the first nations nobody's from here like stop 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 (laughs) the Scandinavians are more from here than any of y'all you know the Swedes and the Danes can probably lay more of a claim to America even the ones that are here now can probably lay more of a claim to America than you guys can. So, like, cut it out. You know, I get pride and I get nationalism, whatever, but we can't be this um, this amnesic. Like, you come from somewhere. Your parents or their parents or their parents came from somewhere. And if not, then you're part of those families like the families I went to school with whose parents all came here on the Mayflower. Great. Even if you came here on the Mayflower... You know, those people all remember that their parents came over on their great, 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 whatever grandparents came over on the Mayflower. So if they even know where they came from, I'm pretty sure you can figure out where you came from, too. And it's okay to be where you came from. It's okay to be from the Midwest and have come from Italy or have come from Britain or have come from somewhere. That's still okay. But I think we need to stop start disassociating ourselves from something that is essentially used as a toxic term because it comes from a toxic fucking place (laughs) and it's not valid there's nothing legitimate about the fucking term and if they had kept more meticulous records and actually i mean records come on like actually given a fuck about what the fuck they were doing to people when they were bringing them over here you know all a lot of black people are tracing their ancestry back because they don't even want the fucking term and i get it but since that's not something you get to decide as power, as you know, the purveyor of the power structure, you get to just shut the fuck up and maybe disassociate yourself. Maybe you don't have to fucking qualify yourself as white. Because <laughs> chances are you're not. Even the most white people are like, well, I'm Italian, actually, my family. Yeah, so you're fucking Italian then. You're Italian and now you're an American. You're an American who has Italian heritage. Great. Awesome. That is a great thing to be lovely i love it it's a wonderful thing to be and it's a lot more fucking positive accurate loving and inclusive than the term fucking white (laughs) all i'm saying anyway so these women who identify as white women especially this one fucking bitch who just like can't get it through this whole fucking family actually now that i'm thinking about it the pepsi commercial this like this fucking family can't get it through their fucking heads that white people don't save the world. This is what they think. This is the shit they go for. Like, they just don't get that it's not like a superhero thing to be a white person. They just, they they swear that every door is fucking open. And you know why they swear that? Because that's what they've fucking experienced. So when you hear someone speaking from within an ivory tower, it rubs you the wrong way. This is why Kendall Jenner's career doesn't like really, like, it doesn't every time you see her you're just like ugh. 
This is why. Because when someone shouts from inside of an ivory tower, it screeches. It echoes. It sounds distorted. It's like, ugh, does this person even know what she's doing? Or what she's saying? Or what this implies? Like, did this bitch think it through at all? When she fucking took that blonde wig off and flung it at a black woman to hold while she saved the world from racism? Did it not occur to this fucking brain dead bitch for two seconds what the fuck she was doing? Like seriously, that's the more offensive part. How'd you not even know how fucking offensive it was? Now this fucking bitch, now the sister, the one who basically raised her, right? While the mom was out pimping the other one. Now this fucking bitch. Oh, you broke up my family. You did this. Okay, so how does this tie to Finding Neverland? Are you ready? Because I'm about to fucking read this bitch. We got eight minutes. You ready? Okay, this is exactly the type of woman that you fucking groom to get to their kid. Yeah, I fucking said it. You noticed something about all those fucking parents that they had in common? You noticed something about the abducted in plain sight woman? And this woman with the Michael Jackson shit, the other woman? The R. Kelly fucking, the, the parents, some of the parents, you notice something about them? What'd you notice? The moms. The moms are thirsty. Hella fucking thirsty. Hella fucking thirsty. Abducted in play sight, the fucking bitch is still talking about the guy who fucking molested her daughter, fucking raped her daughter all those years, talking about him with fucking fondness in her eyes. Thirsty on a thirsty, needy, disgusting, desperate. For attention, affection, love, anything. What the fuck? This is exactly the kind of fucking person who's such a toxic sitting duck that anyone with any sort of sick shit going on is like, oh, damn, this bitch is the type of bitch that if I fucking give her attention, she won't even notice what the fuck is going on. No, it's not crazy that those parents didn't notice what the fuck he was doing. It's not crazy that, like, it's not fucking crazy. It's not crazy. You have to look at what was going on with them. It's not crazy that that girl and abducted in plain sight, that guy did what he did. It's not nuts. The mom was hella thirsty. She was in a marriage with a man who's in the closet. She hadn't been in a passionate relationship, i.e. no one paying attention to her for so long that here comes this fucking predator is easily able to groom her and have access to her child open access think about it that's the same narrative in all these different situations now how do you get a mom that thirsty that she doesn't even realize she's being groomed so someone can fuck with her kid what kind of person could ever be that fucking thirsty that's what you're thinking no matter how fucking thirsty i was what kind of person would be that fucking desperate and fucking thirsty that they wouldn't notice what the fuck was going on with them because they need attention so bad you want me to say it you want me to fucking say it? This bitch is so fucking needy. She's so fucking pathetic. Like, I don't even know what to say. You're running around blaming children for your grown-up fucking problems. And you know what the problem is? The problem is, like, it's not one person. It's this person. It's that person. It's Lamar's fault. It's this person's fault. It's Rob's fault. It's this person's fault. It's Tristan's fault. It's Kim's fault. It's this no, no. No, this is what cancers do. They run this way, this way, that way. It's everybody else's fault. Not me, not me, not me. Nothing sticks to me. I'm just going to walk sideways. out of the, I'm going to go hide in the sand. I'll go run into the surf. It's not me. It's not me. No, bitch, it's you. <laughs> no, bitch, it's you. Yeah, yeah, it's actually just you. It's you. 
And Tristan's so young, he he don't have no feelings about it. He's like, I'm a Pisces. I gotta go. Like you you fucked up. You got too much going on. You fucked up. You you need some type of other shit. I don't know what you need, but I can't give it to you. You know what I'm saying? And you know that's what it is. And you know exactly what she needs. She wants a man to make her feel like she's as pretty as her sisters. Ain't no man and no dick ever going to be able to give her that. That's why she got married the way she did. Because she wanted one up on her sisters. If I get married before the both of them and he's an NBA player, boom, I win. I finally get to win this competition. That's all she wants. She has a fucking weakness. When you have an obvious fucking weakness as a fucking parent, you're a sitting fucking duck and your child isn't safe this is what i'm getting at i don't yell at you to stop being needy i don't yell at you to stop giving a fuck about whether that fucking guy's gonna fucking text you back or not i don't yell at you about like putting so much into fucking relationships and getting nothing back that that i'm over here calling you an asshole i don't do that just for you you have to think about it it's not just you if you have an obvious open fucking sore toxic sore need for fucking attention from other people, for approval, make me feel pretty, make me feel skinny, make me feel as good as Kim, make me feel as good. If you have that, how long before somebody comes around who has a fucking awful agenda and you sitting there, this obvious fucking target, you can't have kinks in your armor like that when you're a parent. Even social kinks, if you think you're less than or better than other people. You know one of the things that that guy did, the piano guy? He kept trying to make my dad feel like if he didn't say yes, that he wasn't sophisticated. He was doing like fucking warfare, like mental warfare with him. Like, oh, you know, like if you deny her this, like she'll grow up to be like, oh, my father didn't let me be as cultured and sophisticated as I could have been. Like he tried all types of shit. Now, my dad has some type of insecurity about who he was or where he comes from or how much he has or doesn't have or how he appears to other people. He might have gone for that shit. Yo, he might have gone for that shit. If my mom had any, you know, oh, uh, you know, wants for celebrity or more money or whatever. My mom don't want nothing she didn't earn. But if she was the type that wanted something that she didn't earn, that wanted to like live off of other whatever. The way this dude was talking about, oh, we could turn her into this. And she's so naturally talented and the long fingers. Ah, da, 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 da. You know, they could have easily been blinded by their own needs, their own wants, their own insecurities to not even see that flicker of my eye. Do you see what I'm saying? But because he was totally clear, no kinks in his armor, as soon as my fucking eye flickered at him, he was done. 100% fucking done. I'm surprised he didn't rip the fucking guy's head off. He fucking threw that binder at him like, get the fuck out of here. You see what I'm saying? Where does it start? It starts like this. It starts with this fucking neediness right here. You showing this type of fucking weakness when you have a fucking daughter? Are you fucking kidding me with the fucking type of dudes running around out here? The fucking vermin out here? Are you fucking kidding me? In your own fucking house, this predator fucked your 16-year-old sister. Are you still not clear on what the fuck is going on out here? Are you still running around like a fucking needy hoe? A 1999 needy hoe? What the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? This is what the fuck I'm saying. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) Nah, because this shit is garbage, bro. Like, this is how it starts. You can't look at people all the way down the line and fucking R. Kelly. I can't believe they took their daughter to the concert. Yo, because they got weaknesses. As a parent, you can't be out here moving like this. It doesn't matter if you have weaknesses or not. You can't show that shit like that. And if you have fucking weaknesses, shame on you. Take care of that shit. Work on that shit. You got kids to protect. 
How you got kinks in your armor and your shield? You got kids to protect. You can't be out here giving a fuck about these dudes or these bitches when you got little kids. I'm telling you. Yo, that shit is bananas. Nah, dude, nah. But we're going to get more into it. I'll do another one. I'll do another one tomorrow. We'll get more into it. And then I'll do one from London as soon as I get there. I love you guys. I'm sorry I've been gone for a while. I've been super busy. But it's all, it's going to settle down a little bit. It's your girl DJ Narc. I'll hit you back up. I don't know, in a couple of days. I love you. Shout out the Red Fam forever. I was going to stop there, but then I realized that we didn't talk about something important. So why don't you take a drink? Shout out if you didn't turn it off yet. Because you're like, wait, what the fuck? It's over. No, this can be like a little sleeper extra that you only pick up on if you didn't realize that it wasn't over. Huh. Drink something, please. I can already see Fatima animating this. Maybe we can start writing on the screen. Drink something, please. So what I wanted to talk about was the thing I said about American culture. Because I don't want it to get lost. Because I think it's a really important point. And I also don't want you to think that I'm dancing around something that I can't back up. So hold on a second. Has the fetishization of black men and women pre and, well, post, during and post-slavery, has that carried over into culture? Of course, because what you find attractive becomes culture. And I think the prevalence and persistence of black culture being just the dopest American culture, the only culture, American culture really people like are checking for speaks to how attractive we must find it, no matter how much we pretend to not or keep uh, making laws to uh, eradicate what we do, all these things that seem really to go against our own interests, because at the same time, we seem to find it so attractive. And I think this is what causes so much dissonance among the black community because they're like we just don't get it like you seem obsessed with us but you hate us what is the problem (laughs) and so in that way i feel that black people are in the position of every extremely pretty girl who just really doesn't get how people simultaneously want to fuck her and you know like talk shit about her and hate her um it's confusing right because you're like wait i don't get it (laughs) you seem to want me and hate me but you hate that you want me and i don't get any of it This seems to be more about you than me, you know? (laughs) This seems to be more about you wishing you were me, I think, than it is even about me, and now you're taking that out on me, so this is really weird. So, yeah, so there's that. And there's no getting around the fact that the same slavery narrative is being played out, especially in this situation. You know, you basically wanted the tallest, best-looking by your own admission, black guy, because you only like black guys, you know. Um, Actually, that's not what she said. She just referred to a certain body part, but I'm not even going to go there. Like, she's disgusting. (laughs) Um, You basically just followed the playbook, right? You pick the one that you want, right? And then you do what you want. And then when you don't get exactly what you want, you can cry foul and say that you've been wronged. That seems about right. (laughs) That seems about exactly right to what she did. And I can't help but notice that a big part 
also of slavery was white women being really, really jealous of black women. We have to talk about these things. We can't keep pretending and getting implants and surgeries and fillers and injections and whatever without confronting this, like, what is now an old known truth that none of us want to say out loud that from the time of slavery, we have looked at black people and said, wow, they're so beautiful. Because now that we have the technology to be able to recreate those features, we obviously are recreating them. So we obviously find them very attractive, but we've obviously always had a problem admitting that. However, during slavery, we also know that white women killed a lot of black children by beating them to death. And this was generally out of jealousy of the child's mom. Usually, to take out their rage on the plantation owner sleeping with the child's mother or the child being half the plantation owner's genetics. But if not, just to take out their frustration... In general, yes, yes, this is known, this is fact. Yes, the largest cause of death of black children during slavery was white women, and they beat them to death. So, (laughs) when you're following this slavery playbook, and you don't get what you want, right? And then the person on the other side of this equation from you happens to be a black person. You can't help but wonder now, is this not about an an aspect of race that we just don't want to talk about? Can you bring an entire line of genetics over from a completely different continent that has a completely different environment And that gene pool has developed completely differently from yours and is obviously uh, seems a lot physically stronger. And, and And then, you know, during slavery was bred to be stronger. Can you really in 2019 sit back with blinders and headphones on and say, I can't see why... People in America are afraid of losing their identity and losing their culture. Well, yeah, they're afraid of losing their identity and their culture to what they deem is a superior race. But for some reason, they can't bring themselves to say it. They want to dress like them and look like them and talk like them and be like them, but still want to refer to them as less and treat them as less. It's very, very, very confusing. The love-hate relationship... (laughs) that that Americans have with black Americans is insane. When you look at it from the outside, it is bizarre. The fact that white people even want to say the N-word shows you right there what it is. Like, you want to say it because you're cool, but you're saying it about a group of people that you used to call that. If that isn't the best example of, I want to be inside the bubble that I created for you, <laughs> but I created that bubble to put you down, but now I want to be in that bubble with you. What the fuck? What? Why do you want to use that word between you and your white friends? Why do y'all use that word between you and your friends? Brown people, 
All, all the other people that are not black. Why do y'all do that? Because you, cause you want to be, because you want to simultaneously be the oppressor and the oppressed? What kind of fucked up game is that? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like even asking if you can say it. What the fuck is wrong with you? But at the same time, like I was saying, you'd think they would have thought this through when the boat on boat and boat was coming here or when you were forcing them to have 15 kids, you know, excuse me, in 15 years or when you were taking the tallest and the strongest and the tallest and the strongest and making them have kids together. Maybe at some point you think some sort of a planner would have looked at this and thought, oh, man, I don't I don't think we should do this. <laughs> I think this is probably not in our best interest. But I guess they just went on the supposite. They bought their own bullshit. They bought their own bullshit, didn't let people read or write, and then bought their own bullshit and thought those people were stupid. Meanwhile, it was the slaves coming up with all the inventions because they were trying to make their work easier. And even then, it didn't occur to them. Like, damn, they can't read or write and they're still inventing all this crazy shit. Still didn't occur to them. That's You see the power of privilege and the stupidity of privilege? You see how dangerous privilege can be? If if you're you're in a bubble, if you're vacuous and you haven't been getting any, any sort of awareness, that you could look at someone, invent something really fucking cool that helped in like agricultural work and cut everybody's work in half... And not look at that person and understand that that person was probably way smarter than you. That 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 right there is a level of. <laughs> that is a level of being asleep like that Kendall Jenner moment of flinging that blonde wig at that black. That that's that level of privilege, where you can look something dead in its face and be like, "This is obviously not the way I think it is, but it's all right because I'm white." You know what I'm saying? Like, I honestly, I know exactly why all the tears and that whole episode. If I had known, I would have never done it. No, Kendall, that's not true. You did the commercial because you absolutely thought. Yeah, of course. And then I'm going to walk up there and I'm going to own it. And I'm going to end racism. You would think she didn't know? Y'all are fucking stupid. They have handlers. They have agents. They have all kinds of fucking people. And everybody around her was like, of course, it'll be amazing. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Kendall's life, Kendall's life matters. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, of course. That's how fucking tone deaf they are though. Like there was nobody in Chloe's camp that was like, bro, maybe you should take a second before blaming a young black woman for the fact that you are a needy hoe that obviously has abandonment issues, attachment issues, mom issues, dad issues. Oh my God. You, I mean, like obviously, bro. You obviously have all this motherfucking shit going on. So, so why not, why not let's not blame the young woman of color for some shit that ain't got shit to do with her. Like, that's why I feel Jordan on that. Even if nothing else she said is right or not. She's like, I'm young. I was drunk and at a house party. Don't fucking at me. What's wrong with y'all? And my best friend didn't even stop following me. Get the fuck off my dick. Like, really. Like, I'm young. I'm 21 and I was drunk at a house party. What do you fucking want? Yeah, it was my ex, not even brother-in-law. 
Yeah, and he's a dog, and he's kind of hot too, maybe. I don't know. I was drunk. Leave me alone. Fuck, I care what this bitch is moaning about at home. Like, go take some more pictures of your fucking daughter in a purse or some shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who cares? I feel her on that. Her whole fucking interview was kind of like, but who fucking cares? Like, get over yourself, fucking grandma. Like, what are you, what are you fucking crying about? You think some fucking 21-year-old cares about your fucking family? It's not the 21-year-old's job to care about your fucking family. It's your fucking job, fam. And you over here trying to get the love that daddy didn't give you from a motherfucker who doesn't give a fuck about nobody right now. And as he shouldn't. Why should he? (laughs) Why should he? Oh, did he show you consistently over years of putting in the work that he was the one? Just like Lamar showed you, he consistently put the work in over a whole six weeks before you married him. Talking about, oh my God, I can't believe he's a crackhead. You knew him for six weeks, bitch. You a fucking walking meme. You every trash reality TV show before it comes out, but it's your whole fucking life. You a 90 day fiance before there was one, but you the crackhead 90 day fiance. Like what the fuck? And you took all of that and tried to pin it on a young black girl because that's because that's what you because that's what the only thing you know how to fucking do. Because that's the fucking playbook. This Candyman bullshit. This is what the fuck you about. Instead of just saying the fucking shit, like, come on, who doesn't know that she has abandonment and attachment issues? The whole fucking world thinks somebody else is her father. And nobody's ever done anything to try to fucking clear this up. Ain't nobody ready to claim her, basically. You see how fucking strong her cybernetic settings are? Her cybernetic settings are like, nobody wants to claim me. I am unwanted. And look how fucking unclaimed and unwanted this bitch is. Could it, like, to the point where there are memes being made about Tristan just needing, wanting to get the fuck away from her so bad that he can't, can you, do you understand how strong cybernetics are? Do you understand that in her settings, one of her settings is, nobody will claim me, nobody wants me, and literally her life has now become a fucking living, walking meme of somebody not wanting you to the point of, like, trying to get away from you by doing whatever they can. You see, you see, you see how you see. And y'all thought I was just fucking like going off on a tangent. Nah, it all makes sense, bro. Cybernetic settings, bro. It's all right here. It's all around you. The proof is all like it's like the thing we're going to talk about with the arc crystal after I get it. Once you learn about the arc of the covenant, once you learn about the stuff that Nassim Harame is talking about and the 64 tetrahedron grid and everything, once you learn that stuff, Literally, he says it in the lecture. He's like, once you get this, you see that it's everywhere and, all, and everything, not almost, everything is about the Ark. Absolutely. Everything is, about, it, it's same. Same. Every, once you know about cybernetics, once you know what psychocybernetics is, you can pretty much read what somebody's settings are from being around them a little. You know how? Because they're going to give you a certain feeling. And that feeling that you get from them is their subconscious micro-adjusting their behaviors so their cybernetic settings come true. So basically, if somebody's settings is, everybody loves me, when they're around you, subconsciously, they're going to do things that make you love them. They don't even know they're doing them. They're not trying to be manipulative. It's just that your subconscious is fucking nice with it. If your subconscious wants someone to like you it will do all the things it needs to do it'll release certain pheromones it'll make you lean in a certain way it'll make you mirror without realizing it your 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 fucking eyes your pupils will dilate this is all involuntary shit man 
Your, your subconscious does that when your cybernetic settings tell it to. You see what I'm saying? So her cybernetic settings are always micro adjusting to let a motherfucker know around her that she ain't shit. And no matter what the fuck you do to her, she will still want your love, deeply seek your approval, and do anything to get it, including humiliating herself and humiliating anyone around her. How you go through something so public with that little girl's father and then put her in a purse? You dumb fucking hoe. Like, I don't even know what the fuck to say to her. This It's so disgusting, really. Like, it's a level of blindness that's just like, Yo, take a course. Like, I know y'all bitches is uneducated, but like, go back to school. Like, do something for the planet. Do something for the planet by getting a fucking education. You know? Anyway. So. When you look now at what the Freemasons call the Great Experiment, which is America... When you look at where we're coming from, what has happened to bring us here, all of this fits into the narrative because it's still the same exact story. Whether it's a black man or the white man on the plantation, if a white woman feels that a man is preferring a black woman over her, and these are the scars of slavery. Yes, we have to say it how it is. If a white woman feels like a man, regardless of his color is more attracted to a black woman than her, she, this, this Chloe reaction is what you get when someone's still in that slavery mindset. When someone identifies with that slavery mindset, this is the reaction you get. It is your fault our family broke up just by the way, Jordan Woods, because you're such a fucking whore, basically is what she was trying to say. But yo, everybody, but y'all are known whores. Y'all are known for it. Y'all are famous for it. Literally famous for fucking. Y'all are famous for being hoes. That's actually fucking accurate. That's not even like a bar. That's not even someone trying to diss you. That's you literally famous for being hoes. How you fix your face to make, to imply that someone else, because you just, because you, you don't have to say, it. you just have to imply it. Because 500 years before this and then a few hundred years after that, it's, it's, it's right there. You don't have to say it out loud. This is what I mean. If you follow this fucking plantation playbook, you don't have to actually say any of these things out loud. You're just doing them. <laughs> right? You're doing them. And, and people are going to let her get away with it and she'll keep doing this and then she'll find somebody else and she'll play the exact same pattern out and either the guy will self-destruct or like Tristan, he'll just check out and go do his own fucking thing and not give a fuck, good for him. And this will happen again. Now, how many times does this have to happen with how many different people before this becomes a liability? How many poor choices do you make in life? Before your kids have to pay for them. Because see, none of this would fucking matter to me. And I wouldn't open my mouth to say anything about any of it. But she has a kid. And a kid that she obviously doesn't understand what to do with. Like, it's not... No, Chloe, we're not just mad at your nails. We're not just mad at your nails. We're mad at the whole, like, hood mom aesthetic that you're trying to do. Especially at the expense of your child. 
Like, we know that you should have gotten a puppy, right? But instead, you wanted, like, a little black doll. And now, you treating her that way. And the whole country finds it fucking disgusting. And you treated her dad like an object. Which is why you mad that he's fucking somebody else. Right? And before that, you were talking about all men like objects when you were saying that you only like black dick. Right? On national TV. Actually, international TV. So your, like, objectification of black people goes way back. Right? So... If that's what we're dealing with, how easy is it for you now? Because Chloe's fetish is this. Some people's fetish is celebrity. Some people's fetish is, you know, right, fame. Some people's fetish is money. Some people's fetish is attention. Some people, everyone has different weaknesses. But when your weakness is this toxic, is this fallen, where you look at other people like things. How much of a hole in your armor and your shield is that? And how much easier is it for your kids to get hurt because you're not properly protecting them? How many different mom scenarios have we come in contact with where the mom is so desperate to just have a boyfriend that she has some douchey guy around who's fucked up to her kids? There are many different versions and levels of that, ranging from what we saw in those documentaries to the run of the mill, you know, um, mythical uh, drunk stepdad who's trying to feel you up and shit, and the mom that won't believe you because she's so desperate for his attention. You know, so you just give them a little, you groom them that way, and then you can have your way. So, so. Now you can see how that woman who let her like seven-year-old sleep in the bed with him for years or whatever, you can see how that can happen if that woman was like Chloe, some like starved, obviously suffering from some sort of attachment issue, you know, suffering from like lack of attention, lack of love, lack of being claimed, the whole world saying somebody else is her father, but nobody wants to clear it up. The family never going out of their way to somehow clear that up. Like, so unclaimed, so not here, not there, doesn't look like anybody else, doesn't this, how many, you know, different really obvious things are going on there. And, and, and how easy does it then become if we give other people this kind of importance in our lives or give our indulge our own weaknesses this much how easy does it become for a monster to slip through the cracks because they push the buttons of our desire push the buttons of our of our what we think are our needs Whenever someone says to me now, what do you need? I always say, alhamdulillah, I have everything I need. Thank you. I don't need nothing from you, dude. Thanks. 
I'm all right. I'm good. Mashallah, I'm doing good. You know what I mean? This thing about needs. Now we got to be better than this, man. We got to be better to our fucking kids. Stop just letting anybody be around your kids. I'm serious. And I've been like this forever. People be looking at me funny, too. They're like, oh, damn, I don't really see you like here or there with your kid. I'm not trying to have my kid around you. Get the fuck away from me. You don't need to be around my kid. Fuck away from me. <laughs> I'll be like scrolling on a motherfucker and be like, oh, let me find a picture. Because I'm not even trying to show you a picture. Get away from me, please. Get away from me. <laughs> like, no. 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 You don't need to know nothing. You don't need to be around. Nobody needs to be around that much. Listen, 10 feet back, please. 10 feet back. Like, we got to do better. And for the attention of a man or a woman, you, you would risk, you know, because a lot of the, the under, you know, there's, there's a strong undercurrent. There's a strong subtext in those documentaries of yearning women, unsatisfied, desperate housewife shit. Right? That's exactly what the fuck Chloe's doing. She's acting like some sort of hyper, sexual, needy... Well, she's just being a hella cancer, except on, like, a national scale and fucking embarrassing herself. You know, usually when cancers act like this, like, their friends just kind of, like, hide them for a little while. Like, oh, he'll sleep it off. She'll sleep it off. It'll be fine. (laughs) Anyway. So... She may be an extreme example, but I think it's worth taking a look at where perhaps you could easily be gotten to if a person said this or that to you. You know, do you care what people think? Do you care how it looks or doesn't look? Do you care uh, about your own physical desires or your own need for approval or affirmation or for someone to tell you you're beautiful? Do you, do you need that more than you need the safety of your kids? Because I think we need to start thinking in those terms. We can't keep just pretending, <laughs> right, that this isn't a huge part of it. We can't. We can't. Because absolutely right. Absolutely. Where were the parents? And that's what I mean about watching it not being satisfying. Where were the parents? Well, the parents were actually, to be perfectly honest, getting what they wanted and what they needed. Right? One of those women was just a stage mom. All she wanted and all she really needed was to be around celebrity, and she got it, and that's why she didn't say anything. <laughs> that's it. That's all. You want, what does she say, the woman in Red Sparrow? If you want to control someone, find out what they need and then give it to them. Simple. And if you're out here, needy, 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 I'm so needy, I'm so needy, 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 needy. Someone's just going to come along and go, oh, yeah, that's what you need? Cool. I'm going to give it to you, and now I'm going to control you. And I'm going to take this and that, take my liberties with this or that. And what the fuck are you going to do? Nothing. Because your needs are being met. You're not going to want to rock that boat. You see? Stop fucking being needy. Jesus Christ. Stop, 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 stop putting your hopes or uh, your fears or your dreams or anything on another human being. Oh, my goodness. If you could only see 
how ungrateful that is. Yeah. All right. Well, this time we'll really leave it there. A bit of a ramble, but I think you got my point. Shout out for everyone who didn't cut off and listen to this second little bit here. Funs. It's your girl, DJ Narc. We'll get into all the cool shit again with the water crystals and stuff in the next coming weeks. I'll hit you up from London next week. And uh, I love you. Bye.